Forbes. And I'm Sarah Cuvia. And this is Let the Good Crumbs Roll. And before we jump into anything, happy birthday to Miss Olivia Cuvion. Yeah, my baby, she's 12, 12. now. And I, I can't know. believe it. All, I know. You know how like all of your Facebook memories, they show up and... On the 27th, like I saw all of the pictures from like the day she was born and Mm -hmm. it was just tugging at my heartstrings. And if y'all, if y'all hear anything in the background, that was thunder. Thunder. Yeah. I just, I felt my ear, my, um, my headphones. I don't know if you did. You felt them kind of vibrate. I heard it. Well, happy birthday, Liv. I hope she had a wonderful day. I just, I can't believe she's 12. I can't either. She, and so I have this, um, like my closet door in my bathroom. I have, I've taken her measurements, like her Mm -hmm. height every single year on her birthday. And so we did it yesterday and like the amount that she grew this past year has been the highest amount she's grown like at any other interval. I like it's it, yeah. she's grown like three inches mm-hmm. in this last year. Yeah. And you can definitely tell she's definitely got like a more mature look. Uh, yeah. And she cares about things like mm. how she looks now. So girl, every morning before Brayden gets on the bus, he goes, Miss Casey, can I borrow your hairspray? <laughs> and this is not like Brayden to want to borrow hairspray. Yeah. I'm like, for your hair? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, sure. You know where it's at? And I finally told him, because you know how you buy hairspray and you put it in your, like your cabinet? Your, yeah. Yeah, in your cabinet. And then you forget about it. Yeah. You buy more hairspray. Right. Because you forgot about the uh-huh. the Aquanet that you already had in there. Yes. So I told him, I said, just take it. You can go put it in your bedroom. Oh, yeah. He just, so. That was so sweet. Is he going to the dance, the upcoming dance? Yeah, he said he wants to go. I, yeah. I'm glad you said I Livy? need to go on and pay it. I know. I need to go ahead and get Liv's ticket, but she said she wants to go too. So. Well, I'm not ready, but I don't have a choice. (laughs) So y'all, if you remember last week, we had started episode one of Anthony Tomplate's case. Of course, I named it Jarrett Rambo. <laughs> I don't know why that hit me out of nowhere, but we do love that us some great. Jarrett. Yeah. So he is a character for sure. He is. And this week's episode to me was so infuriating. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you. Yeah. This is the episode that really you find out a lot of the backstory about how they say he was kidnapped and, yeah. and the abuse that we hear a lot about Bert and Teresa's, which is Anthony's bio mom. Yeah. Their relationship. Yeah. So. And before we dive into it, I just want to say neither Sarah nor myself have ever been privy to domestic violence mm-hmm. or been involved with domestic violence. I don't want to come across as making presumptions. This is what I say is strictly my opinion coming from a girl who's never, thank God, has mm-hmm. never been in a relationship where there was domestic violence. Yes. There's been a lot of sarcasm, <laughs> um, a lot of nitpicking. Sarcasm uh, we can speak on, but yeah, this is one area that, yeah, we're just kind of like spectators in this, this yeah. one. And know? so I, I recognize I might be coming across as a little judgmental and I don't mean to be, but like when you have children involved, it's like, mm-hmm. to me, you have to put aside your fear and step up for yeah. your children. There's but, just a I situation mean, that happens that I was just like, there's not a chance in hell. But, yeah, and that's, that's we'll for me and it. you, but you yeah. know, as we'll get into it, there's like this whole generational cycle of abuse. Yeah. So it, it's, yeah, we'll definitely get into it. But yeah, yeah we actually both took notes on this one because we didn't know who was doing it. So. I know. <laughs> so. Well, but I have them if you want me to. No, you want go me ahead. To go. go for it. Go okay. for it. So this is the um, I Just Killed My Dad, episode two, I Found My Son, and we found it on Netflix. This episode, it opens to Anthony's biological mother, Teresa Thompson, showing us around her yard where Anthony used to play. And you can tell she misses him. And My son loved to plant things. Strawberries and purple flowers and lime trees and orange trees and I kept thinking Anthony would come back and the trees kept growing and everything kept growing and he didn't come back. 
she didn't know how or where to look for him or even if he would recognize her or if she would recognize him mm-hmm. if she found him. And he does favor her. Yeah, a lot, I agree. I think. He's I agree. got Bert's coloring, mm-hmm. but like her shaped face. Yeah. Her hope was that he would find her when he was 17. I thought, well, at least maybe when he's 17, he'll be on the internet and I'll probably be able to find him. And I did. For June 6, 2019, Teresa and her daughter were home when they get a phone call from Louisiana. And unlike me, they actually answer it. Yeah, no, it's like, <laughs> I don't know this number. It's probably just a telemarketer. If it's important, they'll leave a message. Exactly. Right. Or you, if you know me, you would have texted before. Exactly. The other person on the other line asked, do you know Anthony Joseph Tomplay? And Teresa's first thought is, oh, no, something's happened. He's he's dead. Isn't that terrible? I, th- I, I wrote that in my notes, too, like her first thoughts were that he was dead yeah well i mean and we find out like i can from what we find out i can totally see why she thinks that too the person on the other line is shana landry and if you'll remember she is the the dna genealogist researcher now that's what they're calling her she's i feel like she's just the lady from next door who happened to have like have done this before and she's like i can help you out you know i don't think she's like officially with her like do you think she needs like an assistant or something probably we both could definitely (laughs) i would love for her to be on the podcast just to tell different stories. I know, right? Genealogy is fascinating so to me. Yeah. Shayna tells her, yes, he's fine. Someone isn't alive, but it's not him. And he definitely needs help. Teresa's initially ecstatic, as you would think, mm-hmm. like she's finally found her son. But her joy fades when she... T- when she's told what is happening. So Shayna tells us that Teresa carried the missing poster of Anthony around with her for 11 years. But Bert made Anthony believe that Teresa was a junkie and didn't care about him. She had no use for him, so he had no reason to look for her. Mm. Shayna was able to arrange phone calls between Anthony and Teresa. Hi, son. This is really... I'm still... This, this is your mom. Is her name something Webb? Yeah. I was Teresa Webb at once. Yes, I was. That was my that's my maiden name. Oh, okay. And one one day on Halloween, I was Spider Mom and you were Spider Man oh, because my last name was Spider-Man. Webb. I've been looking for you since day one. Since the day he took you out the back porch, I've been looking for you. He has to be interested in in the phone call, but like he sounds emotionless, yeah. which is how he pretty much presents himself throughout this entire documentary. Um, so I like, I can understand why people say that about him. Oh, He's just very monotone. Like, and, but you have to, I think from his perspective, like his whole life, his dad's ingrained mm-hmm. in him that this woman abandoned him. She was a druggie. And so I'm sure him hearing oh, yeah. her say, I love you. I've been looking for you is probably so overwhelming that he's just doing what he does. He just detaches oh, from it. Absolutely. Like every thought that I had at the very beginning of this episode mm-hmm. completely changed by the end. Oh like, yeah! Once you understand what, what happened, they went through what they went through, like mm-hmm. you can you understand why. Anthony's sister gets in touch with the local news station WAFB and tells them, "quote He has been secluded and abused all these years by his own father. My brave brother had to defend himself for the last time against that evil man." End quote. So the DA Hiller Moore says they're continuing the investigation. They've gotten phone calls from different people and they are continuing to listen to whatever is out there. Now, Greg from the sheriff's office followed up this kidnapping claim. I conducted a follow-up investigation. Anthony was not listed in the NCIC. It's a nationwide broadcast that can have information such as missing persons. Bert did not have any warrants or was wanted for any crimes. 
nothing at all. That was confusing to me. And that, like, until we got into it, I was like, well, why didn't she report him as missing? Like, I don't understand right. how that didn't happen. And like they said, like, their story, Teresa's story just wasn't backing. Yeah. There was no evidence of yeah. it. He also says that Bert had no warrants or anything like that either, which I come to find out later is very confusing but, to but me. But like you didn't see that we'll he was get convicted, to that, but that he had felony convictions yeah, for abuse. But, does that? Did, but I wonder if the t- at the time does that not show up across? State I know lines? that's that's what was confusing to me. So because that did happen in Texas, he's not finding any evidence to confirm this allegation of kidnapping. Mm-hmm. Now we're back in Texas with Teresa, and she starts telling us about when she and Bert met. She was going through a hard time. She was going through a divorce. She already had two kids. I think they were nine and twelve at the time, and she was working in a restaurant. She ended up as Bert was in town from Baton Rouge working for an oil company and she ended up being his waitress. So that's how they met. I was not a very good waitress <laughs> and I forgot his salad. I said, I'm sorry, I forgot your salad. And he goes, I don't eat that fruit fruit. And I thought it was funny and that's how I started hanging out with him. It felt good to have fun for the first time in a long time. It really did. Didn't you find it odd, though, knowing what we eventually know? Like, she says, like, I was a terrible waitress, yeah. and I forgot his salad. And he was like, that's fun. Like, <laughs> don't you think she was like, oh, wow, this is a man who doesn't expect me to be perfect. Yeah. Now that you say it, yeah. I, I remember thinking that, like, once we find all that out, and then she, when I rewatched it, I was like, okay, well, he hid his true colors yeah. pretty well. well I mean, not? Doesn't everybody at the very beginning? Yeah. <laughs> you know, Teresa's mother kind of made me laugh. She said that the first time I saw Bert, he had a, a too big a smile. It wasn't real. And I thought, no, I'm not going to care for him. Besides, he doesn't look like the type of man she used to like. She, de- <laughs> she decided right away that she wasn't going to like him. Yeah. Like I can hear Wonderland any her. Southern mama saying yeah. that, like, mm-mm, he's, his eyes are too big. I don't like him. That smile just is too big <laughs> on his face. Nobody smiles that big. Well, her mama says that Bert... Wasn't her normal type, but he was very persistent. So after a few months, Bert was offered a job in Houston, and he asked Teresa if she wanted to go with him. I assume they took her kids, but I'm not sure because they didn't They specify. didn't specify. And can I just say, the craziest dude I've ever dated was the most persistent guy who, who pursued me. Hands wow. down. So when a guy's like super persistent, even when you like don't respond to his mm-hmm. texts, run ladies. <laughs> Because he is, that's not endearing. He is batshit crazy. Yeah. Just, just your little, uh, every now and then we we have a little advice. For There's your yeah. good, like, red flag warning there. Yeah, your little PSA. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, speaking of red flags, when they moved to Houston, this is where Teresa started seeing some of his red flags. She said that Bert required all of her attention. She tells a story of Bert was wanting her to look at him. They were having a conversation, but she was multitasking, as mm-hmm. a lot of us do. There was a time in our dating where he was making us a Bloody Mary, and I was not paying attention to him. I was cooking and cleaning, and he just kept insisting that I look at him, and uh, I didn't. He came around and stared at me and karate chopped the bar stool in half, and it just split. So she said he comes around, got in her face. (laughs) I know what you're going to say, because I started, I was like, he did what? (laughs) And then he karate chopped the stool in half. (laughs) (laughs) This is just like the, because he's such like this little dumpy looking fella. And to have that visual of him like karate chopping a stool in half is just funny. Yeah. (laughs) Her description was great. (laughs) One time when... 
Liv was like four, she was in a daycare and they took them to a, a karate studio to do like lessons or whatever. And she was like four at the time. And it was super cute. And so she came home and I asked her, I was like, well, how did it go? What did y'all do? And she's like, so casually, nonchalantly, she's like, we did some chops and some hi-yahs. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like what I imagine Bert doing is like, hi-yah. Ciao. Yeah. <laughs> He like goes and puts his little his robe on, <laughs> yeah. his little purple belt and his that thing they tie Ooh, on their head. I don't know what that is, but <laughs> you know, like a black belt or yeah. a purple belt. He's probably a yellow belt, let's be honest. If that. So it turns out that Bert was allegedly into cocaine. Teresa's mother said she noticed the change in her daughter when she visited. Don't cocaine people aren't they normally skinny though? I mean Do I they normally know. look like a hobbit when they're on cocaine? <laughs> Or no? I don't know. I, 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 don't know. I don't know either. I'm not like enough. We need to I find someone who knows all about the Google drugs. It. So Teresa was quieter, more reserved, and Bert did not want Teresa's family around. So already we see that isolation happening. Yeah. You know, so I'm imagining her kids are not with her. I, I just Googled, does cocaine make you lose weight? <laughs> I don't want to like talk myself into finding cocaine <laughs> to lose weight. <laughs> it's like... Let's just not do don't cocaine. Don't do drugs, y'all. <laughs> let's just not do cocaine. Teresa said that as they're relationship progressed her world got smaller and smaller he was isolating her more and she realized that she was being controlled by Bert's moods so and he had a hair trigger temper and like he could go off at any time Teresa said that one time he beat her so bad that she was in bed for a week and this is the first time we really hear of Bert physically abusing her Mm -hmm. she said she stayed with him after that probably out of fear and because she thought it wasn't that was normal behavior yeah because as we find out like she has experienced this her entire life right so so they're together for a couple of years and this also made me laugh we'd been together for a couple of years and I just believe that he had never had children that maybe he couldn't have children so it was a surprise when I found out I was pregnant Teresa believes that because he didn't have children, that maybe he couldn't have children. I guess there was no conversation had about this. You (laughs) could still have children if you meet someone who hasn't had children. Maybe he just used protection. So she was really surprised when she found out she was pregnant with Anthony. Golly. (laughs) And Teresa's mother says that she was really disappointed when she got pregnant because she's like, I don't think their relationship could withstand her having a child. Well, yeah, because all the attention's off of him and to this child. She said the beatings kept happening even after Teresa had the baby. You hear the recording. She's telling Anthony in one of their phone calls that... He was in jail at that time for abusing me. So he did do time in jail? Yes. Six months in uh, Houston. Do you know his charges? It was more than one. He beat me when I was pregnant with you. Bert had done time in jail about six months for beating her. And you can even see the paperwork mm-hmm. of this offense, too. One time was while she was pregnant, yeah, wasn't it? It's, yeah, which is just did you did you get Did you get the sense that he was in jail when she had Anthony? Was that the impression you got? No, because I do remember seeing a picture. Of him holding him? Of him holding him with, like, a hospital blanket. Okay. So it made me think, like, and he was, like, a newborn. So it made me think, like, he was he was there. Yeah, because one of the recordings, she said, oh, that's when he was in jail. So maybe they were just discussing something else. I don't know. I'm not really sure. In 2002, Teresa calls 911 and tells them that Bert has taken off with Anthony. And Anthony's seven months old at this time. And she says Bert beat her and took Anthony. And this really scared her. Of course, like he's got your baby. Mm -hmm. She says that he was such a good manipulator, like the police chased him down 
but just let him go. Oh. And she feels, of course, she feels hopeless at this point. Like, there's no use in calling the police anymore mm-hmm. because, like, Bert just came back, never apologized. He just went on, like, business mm-hmm. as usual. And the the abuse became so frequent, it was almost the norm for her. Mm-hmm. And we find out, like, she grew up in an abusive household. So this cycle of abuse is what she knows. I have seen so much of it. Teresa's dad was that way. I took beatings that I shouldn't have taken. They always say, I'm so sorry, I love you, you know, I won't do it again. They always do it again. Teresa had the same problem. I don't know how to break the cycle of violence. I don't know how do you break it. She didn't know how people could live differently. And as a coping mechanism, just like Anthony, she blocks things out. She blocked out when her stepfather was molesting her. I can I can see where you would stay. Yeah, like a normal piece of life saying isn't it, the norm yeah, to her. Yeah, exactly. So back to Baton Rouge in 2019, there's a conversation between Anthony and everybody's favorite defense lawyer, Jared Ambo. And Anthony says that his dad never put him in school. He believes he did that because he didn't want his mother to find him. Mm-hmm. He didn't want Teresa to find him. So Jared is hoping that the DA won't even charge Anthony for lack of sufficient evidence. But the DA makes it clear that he's going to bring this case to a grand jury. And the penalty for manslaughter is zero to 40 years. But oh, murder... This is when I'm like, Dana? <laughs> Come on, Dana. But murder is a life sentence. Ugh. And the grand jury ends up indicting him on second degree murder. That had to be based on just the evidence that was presented. Like all of yeah. this stuff about the background clearly hadn't come out yeah, 100% I, yet. I wonder if if that was presented to the grand jury. You, like the all of the evidence. Yeah. I mean, it, it it's just crazy because Jarrett's like, I mean, how, knowing what we know, how can you charge this kid? These people with Dana, the, Dana is the assistant DA. She's like, he picked up a gun and shot three times. Mm-hmm. One of the times his dad was on the floor, no longer a threat. Yeah. So of course they, and didn't do it manslaughter. They, they charged him with second degree yeah. murder. So they charged him with second degree murder. And at that point he's moved from the juvenile system to the adult system, like automatically, even oh. though he's still a juvenile at that point. Now, Anthony's a juvenile sitting in a cold and terrible place. It's falling apart. They're very seriously violent criminals in that place. It's a very dangerous place. The interviewer asks Anthony what his intent was that night. And Anthony says it's it was not to kill him. Mm-hmm. He thought he could shoot him, get the medics there to save him, and he could get out of there. Mm-hmm. Which makes me wonder, like, is that true? Or mm-hmm. is this what you're being told to say kind yeah. of thing? Just to You shoot three times at close range. Yeah. And, and well, he's and crawling a, away and you shoot him again. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get into like the the specifics of what happened during the altercation. Back to Houston in 2006. Teresa tells us that Bert wanted to get life insurance. And she <laughs> told him, she's like, I'm not no, getting life insurance you. with you. because." And she told him, she's like, you would just kill me for the money. At least that was smart on her part. But yeah. she would even write little notes saying that if she died, he did it. And she would hide them all around the house. <laughs> She wasn't worried he was going to find them. I know, right? Did she not bake? Because she put it in like in the oven. In the oven and stuff. I would forget. And be like, what is that fire in the oven? (laughs) There's a little bit of smoke. I left my death note in there. Okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> I got to rewrite it. And then, then, good Lord, she says that one night one of Bert's friends oh, comes yeah. to the door and tells her that she needs to leave now because Bert hired him to kill her. So she's scrambling, trying to get her stuff together. And the man leaves and Bert pulls up and Bert's like all angry. And he goes after the guy that is telling her all of this. Bert doesn't come home until the next day and basically just ignored the fact that all this happened. Which, I mean, like, do you think she like didn't sleep at all that night or what? I would not have been able to. I would have packed my happy ass up and left. I feel like that's at the point where, like, you should pack your bags and leave. He's like out of the house. If you're smart enough to know that uh, he's trying to get life insurance on yeah. you to kill you and collect on you, like, like, don't you think maybe now's the time to yeah. go? You have a perfect opportunity, but, yeah. Like, again, your life was just spared because that yeah. man could have killed you. Exactly. And it's not like people don't just, like, automatically make up lies about that, yeah. you know? And if he if he got tried to get that guy to do it, he's going to try and get another guy to exactly. do it. Exactly. So then she tells us about another physical altercation. And this time it happened in front of his parents. So they were in town and she was making them breakfast and he didn't like whatever she was making. He threw a glass of milk in my face in front of his parents. Hit me with plates. He grabbed me by the back of the head and started pulling my hair. I'd lost quite a bit of hair on that situation. And his parents begged him to stop. They seem genuinely scared, too. Even his parents are trying to get him to stop, but he's so angry, and he tells his parents to just leave. So Teresa's going with them, and she tries to grab Anthony, but Bert is holding on to him so tight that she can't get him. So This is where, this is the part where I'm, like, I'm not trying to be judgmental. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, this woman has been through a lot. But could you see leaving your child with someone that belligerent? No. My, my first stop would have been to, if you did leave because you felt like, okay, my presence here is creating more danger than my, my absence would, I would go to the police and say, Well, Look. and she's done that before and he's talked his way out of it. So yeah. in her mind, I'm sure she's, she's like- she's got two witnesses. His parents though. So, I mean, oh, yeah. you have to kind of imagine they're probably not going to turn on their kid and we find I'm out they don't. I'm just crazy enough I'd have got a gun and been like, hand him over or I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> so back in Baton Rouge in 2019, a judge reduces Anthony's bond so he can seek counseling and he has to submit to regular mental health screenings and evaluations and he has to wear um, an ankle monitor and he has to go back into court every 30 days. Which so, good for them. Yeah. You know? I mean. So all in all, he's in jail for six months and his defense team had a psychologist evaluate him and he said that he didn't believe Anthony was a threat to anyone. So his lawyer said that being in jail was really, it was detrimental to mounting a proper defense and the judge agreed. Anthony's, and we see video of all this, and uh, Anthony's stepmother and stepbrother are actually waiting for him Crying, outside the jail. Yeah, and you can tell, yeah. like, these two people, like, they really love him yeah. as, as their own. There's you know? an emotional attachment there. Yeah. Because what do they have to gain by, by, ta- right. by taking him in? Right. Teresa says initially he would call her and would ask a lot of questions, or she would ask a lot of questions, but she quickly realized that it wasn't a good idea but she doesn't say why like Teresa his mom Teresa like when they his, in- his bio mom they had like video of him coming out of the jail and mm-hmm. then they immediately cut to his biological mother who yeah. cl- who was not there to greet him yeah and so she's explaining that like why she wasn't why there. she wasn't there is like apparently they don't 
have a whole lot of contact anymore, but she doesn't say why, what happened. So um, she says she decides to leave him alone until he wants to come visit or he reaches out to her. Which, I, I, again, I don't understand I it know. because I would have, I want to hug this child. Know. You know what I mean? And I know. I'm your mom. I loved you. I'm so sorry this happened. I'm so sorry. You know. Yeah. And we also have to assume that she may not be in a great com- mental place. In a great mental place as well. Yeah. So. And we have to say, like in the, where she left, she went back to her stay with her mom mm-hmm. and left Anthony with Bert. Yeah. Which I'm sure we're going to get back into that. Yeah. But I just was so full. I just, I just, when I watched this, I was just like, I can't, I mean, this man is like, be, what do you think he's going to do to this kid? You know, it's like, you I know if the kid like cries or we all know. Yeah. And she's, and, she's not there to like take mm-hmm. the beatings. Is he going to take it out on, on Anthony? Right. Yeah. It's just, oh. I can see that. At least Anthony does have a primary mother figure in mm-hmm. Susan, his stepmom. Yeah. Even now, like she loves him as her own and, and, so does her son, Peyton. And he like, went and lived with her when he yeah, got out of jail. Yeah. Like He wouldn't stay with her and yep. Peyton. Uh-huh. Even though Anthony has been let out of jail, he's still facing a charge that carries a life sentence. Anthony says he blames his dad for everything. He feels like his dad stole his childhood, which I get. But a part of me is like, you do need to accept some accountability that you, yeah. you shot and killed a person. Like, right. You know? Yeah. Instead of like. All of the, I don't know. It's don't a know. tricky situation. It is a very tricky situation. It's here. like he just doesn't know. He was never taught coping skills. Yeah. He was never taught. And what we learned in the third episode, it kind of reinforces that. It reinforces this, like kind of what Teresa said. I've gone to the cops. Mm-hmm. He weasels his way out of yeah. everything. Was a very, he's a very good manipulator. He likes exactly. to be in control of things. Yeah. They cut back to Teresa and she's telling us about when she goes back to get Anthony from Bert after the altercation mm-hmm. in front of his parents. She pulled up to that house and they were gone. So that's at the point she gets lawyers. Maisha, Maisha, Coulter. And she's a CEO of Aid to Victims of Domestic Abuse. Statistics show that when a person is leaving a domestic violence situation, their risk for harm and danger actually elevates. That's one of the reasons why people stay. So Teresa went to them in early 2007, seeking assistance for a civil protective order and custody of a child they shared, Anthony. Uh, Maisha says that domestic violence usually translate translates into custody battles because that's the most impactful way an abuser can hurt the other parent. Yeah. So Teresa gets the protective order. Then they have to secure custody for Anthony. But Bert did not appear at the hearing, at which time he was supposed to hand over custody of Anthony. They had already disappeared. Maisha says that she's seen this time and time again. It's not about the child. It's about wanting control over that situation. Mm -hmm. And that fits in with the narrative of what we know about Bert so far. So Teresa starts searching for him at local schools. Like she searched by his name, Bert's name. She puts up flyers all over Houston and Ingleside, but she's coming up with nothing. Then she calls Bert's parents in Baton Rouge and Anthony answers the phone. So Teresa goes to Baton Rouge and is knocking on the door. She can even hear Anthony in the background, but like nobody's opening the door for her. Clearly his parents are on his side. Mm. So she puts up flyers all around their neighborhood and city and she wants people to know that Anthony is a a kidnapped child Mm -hmm. and Bert did not like that at all. Can you imagine if this was social media? If this happened today, the social media. I know, right? He would be blasted. Absolutely. So Teresa goes to court in Baton Rouge 
And the court makes Bert hand over Anthony to Teresa. And so to understand that, because we're going to circle back to that, mm-hmm. she just, she went, she went to court to show them what the Texas court said, right? Yes. She didn't like file a lawsuit. Like there's no formal documentation to show that she filed. Like she just went and said, hey, this is my child. I'm here to enforce this, mm-hmm. this lawsuit of, the, yeah. I, of me having custody. Yeah. So that's important to kind of understand Basically. that because later there's something that gets a little confusing. Yeah. Teresa says that Anthony was so happy on the drive back to Texas and it seemed like he had not gotten outside to play in a while. So at this point, Teresa's thinking she'll never see Bert again. This is done. But she had forgotten what an evil man he was and how good at retaliation he is. Mm. So now in 2019, we're back to stepmom Susan, who says that she finds a file after Bert had died that she'd never seen before, and it's called Parents File. Approximately eight months prior to us meeting, he had kidnapped Anthony from his biological mother, whom he told me was dead. As I went through the file, I found police reports stating that she was crazy, and I also found handwritten notes where he had been parked outside of her trailer, stalking her. In it, she finds out things that she didn't know before. So he had been parked outside of Teresa's trailer, stalking her. They had noticed the truck in the backyard. And and when I say backyard, this was kind of like a rural area. Mm -hmm. So it was like kind of wide open, but there were like trees and stuff. So, you know, they may be living on this section, but that section over there may be someone else's property. So Mm -hmm. I could see where they didn't call the cops or something. Maybe that's just somebody else's stuff. They couldn't tell if they knew this person, but... Teresa is reading notes from a private investigator who was hired to surveil their house and locate Teresa and Anthony. This is a private detective report surveilling the house. It looks like they surveyed the house three days in a row before they saw Anthony. 8.07 p.m. Assignment to locate the whereabouts of Teresa Thompson and son, Anthony Tomplay. 8.45 p.m. Begin the search and surveillance of subjects. They've got the license plates of two vehicles on the property. 9.30 a.m. Return to resident. Both vehicles still out with no movement. No children inside. 10.30. Spoke to Mr. Burt Tomplay by cell phone. 11.38 p.m. No activity at residence. No children sighted throughout the evening. No vehicles entered or exited the residence property. Small light inside residence, but no movement. 8.10 a.m. Reporting officers sighted male child outside of next door residence. Short hair, blonde in color, no shoes, playing outside between residents. 9.05 a.m. Mr. Tomplay made contact with Ingleside Police Department by phone while en route to Ingleside. Discontinued surveillance. On June 15, 2007, Anthony was home alone with his grandmother when a uniformed officer knocks on their door with a court order for them to take Anthony to his father. I mean, like, what can you do? This is a legit, like, uniformed officer. He's got his car in the yard. And you can't exactly fight them at that moment. Like, she says that was the last time they ever saw Anthony. Because the only thing she might have could have done was pulled out the Texas... Mm-hmm. Because this is where we circle back to how they explain why this even happened. Well, it kind of makes me wonder, like, whatever this officer had in hand, whichever court it's from, makes me think whatever he had trumped whatever they had. It might have. You yeah, know? you're right. So how did this happen? Bert knew that the initial case in Houston, that it was unfavorable, unfavorable toward him. So he files his own lawsuit in Louisiana. This Baton Rouge court did not know about the proceedings in Texas. And it's like, do y'all not talk? I know. I don't. Is there th- not there's one there main must frame? 
There must not be. There must not be at all. Because How does that work? I mean, it just, it's mind boggling. It's, it's, it's crazy because one would think a quick Google search, you'd see that there's a there's felony. There's already a, pe- yeah. but there's a pending case yeah. for child, for child custody in Houston that's already started. Mm-hmm. And just because he didn't like it, he just goes to another state and files one, makes up a whole bunch of shit about her. Mm-hmm. It, it's infuriating. I know. Because not only that, but like Bert asserts that. Okay, she's crazy. She uses drugs. And uh, well, she just makes up these accusations about how I abuse her. But there's no proof, even though he has a conviction for abuse. And he spent time. Yeah, spent time in jail. Did nobody nobody, follow up on this? Did nobody look through that at all? So he gets the court in Baton Rouge to issue him temporary full custody of the child. And it's temporary, y'all. Temporary. It's it's just till it can get resolved. That's all it is. Yes. So the police, by all accounts, they were doing what they were supposed to do. They were just following the law. Bert didn't physically kidnap Anthony, but he used the family court system and manipulated things. And his and he and his lawyer took Anthony from Teresa. The issue of custody was never fully resolved. And so that explains why Anthony was never registered as a missing child, because mm-hmm. lawsuits, they're expensive. Because what would have happened was Teresa would have had to have get, gotten an attorney mm-hmm. and come all the way to Baton Rouge and again, fought him in Baton Rouge again. And she had she didn't have the money to do it. Yes, because Maisha says that most people in a domestic violence situation don't have the wherewithal to keep going. So essentially, Teresa ran out of money to keep fighting Bert. She says survival was all she could really afford and she just had no other resources because she even said she's like, we spent thousands on flyers and driving back and forth to Baton Rouge and motels and all this kind of stuff. She's like, I just, I didn't have enough to Mm -hmm. keep going. And Mesha makes a good point that Bert knew at the end of the day, taking a child is one of the most abusive things you can do to a parent who genuinely wants their child. Yeah. It's an extension of abuse. And so in his mind, in taking Anthony away from her permanently, he won. And he had the financial means Mm -hmm. to... to Yeah, because he had a great job, so... The first year that Anthony was gone, I worried about him all the time. That if he was safe or alive, or if he was at drug parties with his father or... You know, what what kind of situation is he in? Is he scared? And by the time, you know, he's 14, 15, I would don't have no idea what he looks like. I wouldn't know where to search, or even if I found him, if I would recognize him. Just every year seemed to get worse. And it makes sense why, like, neighbors never really saw Anthony, why he was never really enrolled in school, because he didn't want Teresa to find him. Right. So that completely makes sense to me. Because one phone call, yeah. Anthony could know the truth. And uh-huh. it's, well, at some point, Anthony's going to be old enough to say, I want to go live with my mom. Yeah. Exactly. So Dana Cummings said that that was one of the things that really came across was the fact that Anthony was so angry at Bert. Like on the video of his interrogation, he said he really didn't like his dad. Yeah. His lawyer, Jared Ambo, says this is a self-defense case. Right. It's my contention that Anthony defended himself from what he thought would be grievous bodily injury. The bad part of this story is that he followed him into the bathroom. Right. It's pursuit. So that was after he was initially shot and he retreats into the bathroom and that's when Anthony follows him. So at that moment, that's when it changes from like self-defense to intent to murder. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Anthony goes around the bathroom, shoots him again in the head and then shoots a third time. But that third shot misses. D.A. Hiller Moore says that when you look at his statement, when he says he shot once and then Bert fell down, Bert did not have a gun. And he even said, don't shoot again. At which point, Anthony still shoots multiple times. 
So that's when you get pushed to second degree murder. So with this knowledge, Dana Cummings says, how can you say he didn't intend to kill him? Mm -hmm. He shot him. Bert asked him to stop, but Bert was down and obviously bleeding. Anthony continued to shoot him. And that's a murder. So it ends basically saying like murder is just an automatic murder is an automatic life sentence and Anthony's life is on the line here and that's just where it ends. But I have so many more thoughts. Well no it it, well right before it ended it said it would just basically said okay what what happened the weeks leading up to the the days leading up to and then the hours leading up Mm -hmm. to Bert's final moments. Yeah. Because clearly something snapped. Mm -hmm. Anthony to this day has trouble expressing what happened inside the house. Anthony is nervous. He's scared. Bert lived a secret life. He wanted to control everything. Once Bert got home and closed the door, he could fucking do anything. In, a, in the next episode, it's really going to get intense, and we're really going to get the lowdown of the last, probably the last six months yeah. of, I, uh, of his life. I have thoughts on, like, the manslaughter versus, uh, or the self-defense versus, like, intent to murder. Because you have to, you're basing that on the assumption that the person committing this is a mature, developed adult mind. Yeah. To me, Anthony, for one, he's only 17. His brain, as we've learned in episodes previous, is not fully developed in the decision-making part Mm -hmm. of his brain, clearly. And then not only that, but he was never taught how to properly make decisions. So it makes sense that, okay, to a normal person, yeah, it looks like the threat is over, but to him and his experience, the threat is not over. Well, not even to a normal person. Like, imagine you're so scared that you grab a gun. You're not just going to go boom, boom and stop. Like, you're going to go into the gun because your adrenaline's pumping like you're gonna pull the trigger until the gun stops and i think in that and you're right but i think in anthony's case the reason they're saying the the threat was over is because he shot stopped the person who was a threat was was away down. was down away and no longer a threat and he still shot again yeah and you're it's, right it's I that mean, second shot that gets him the second degree murder yeah. charge because he's not you can see in the interviews this isn't a kid who was raised in in a situation where he was not i don't want to say taught right from wrong mm-hmm. but it's like taught to think like a rational person yeah, he, you know was I mean? he, he was not he was on survival mode himself yeah And we find out later, so was Susan. Yeah. And then, you know, Susan, who was probably his... Uh, who his, his constant, wife. his yeah. constant is now gone from the picture, yeah. gone from the household at this point. Because remember, they were separated. The yeah. yeah, she probably took the brunt of everything, and now, now- it just fell on, on who was no longer a little yeah. boy who couldn't defend himself. Yeah. Now he is a seventeen-year-old who is like a, he's not a grown man, mm-hmm. obviously, but he's big enough to feel more entitled to defend himself than say a seven-year-old right. boy with this man who's you know big scary man. Exactly. So exactly. it's an interesting premise. And yeah it's a sad situation yeah and it's sad all the way around you i know? just think there's just bad people in the world don't you think that's just so oh, because i mean absolutely for sure no matter what like no matter what happens between a husband and a wife like if the wife or the husband's a relatively decent mother i don't understand the whole idea of i'm gonna take this child from mm-hmm. you because it's like what did the child do you know the child didn't do anything exactly because you have to realize that you're not just punishing the your partner you're punishing that child too you're yeah. depriving them from a good parent and they will they will resent you for that yeah one day it will i mean look at this story mm-hmm. i mean he ended up God. murdering his dad 
You don't get and, much more I mean, resentment than that. Yeah, by his own admission, he hated his dad. Yeah. So, I mean. I know. My heart's still coming. I know. And, you know, I thought, too, like, when Susan and him split up, it's like, why didn't he go with Susan? But mm-hmm. at the same time, what, like, all that would happen was is Bert would just come and get him. Yeah, I mean, and and you think about it. Susan, not to. Susan has no legal claim to Anthony anyway. Right. Like, there's no, like... And so clearly he's not afraid to manipulate the system right. in his favor. So yeah. I can see it makes perfect sense, like why she didn't attempt to take him. But it would also make sense why she, you know, the st- fight started because he thought they were texting. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she did yes. text him to yeah. say, Probably are so. you okay? Are you okay? Yeah. Like a mother would. Yeah. And talk to him. That, I mean, that does make sense. Yeah. So, oh, y'all. It was just something else, though. Well, the third episode, if you haven't watched it, it is quite a thriller. Mm-hmm. And it, it definitely... There's a scene where I, st- I just teared up and I about lost it, but we'll get to that next week. That'll be next week, you guys. All right. Well, this rainy day uh, c- continues and we will talk to y'all next week. Bye, guys. Bye.